Hello, welcome to this show is all about you. Speaking of Stacy Heller of Stacy Connects, I am pinch hitting in the studio today for JD. But you should know that this is a show about all the ways in which you and me connect as we and what that means for all of us. I am clearly not your host, JD Winnikin, uh, which, by the way, is spelled W-Y-N-E-K-E-N. <laughs> However, he is here from afar. You can find out more about JD on his website, wordsbyjdk.com. You can also find him on his social media feeds, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, where he goes by JDK Winnikin. And uh, show notes. It is episode 37. It's probably a lucky number for someone. It is September 20th, 2021. The title of this episode is Greetings from the Flight Deck. So the haiku that JD wrote to share is to climb and to soar beyond our old horizons leads us to new lands. Okay, now he usually reads it twice, but I'm not going to do that because I read it so clearly. So today JD is once again on the road. I guess that makes him on the road again. Uh, This time he is down I-5. He is in Portland. So based on the title of the show, JD, and your haiku, I'm going to go out on a wing here and say that this show has something to do with airplanes. <laughs> uh, yeah, it does. Um, it has more to do with people uh, than it does with airplanes. Uh, but I'll get to that in just a minute. But first of all, thanks. Uh, thanks for pinch hitting, as you so well put it uh, in the studio for me today. I appreciate it. Are you kidding? I mean, don't ask me to talk. Right. So, um, <laughs> So, you know, you mentioned, I think, last week that you have a real affection for airplanes. However, you are in Portland right now, and I'm guessing it is not just for the Voodoo Donuts. So what are you doing? No. Well, Voodoo Donuts is happening tomorrow. <laughs> so that, that, is on the agen- that is on the agenda. Um, well, I'm actually down here uh, visiting the home base, if you will, of uh, Airway Science for Kids, which is the sponsor of this show as uh, listeners know. And and they came on about a month or two ago to sponsor this show, which I'm really grateful for. And so I really wanted to take an opportunity to come down here and spend some time uh, at their main building, what they call the Aerospace Training Center, which is a, an old school building in the Mississippi District uh, portion of Portland, which is near downtown, if any of you uh, know the Portland area well. Uh, but it's in, a, it's in a community that was um, historically a community of color and still is. It's going through a lot of gentrification as a lot of areas of Portland uh, have in the last few years. Uh, but it is a place dedicated to um, uh, airway science's primary mission, which is helping uh, underserved youth find career pathways uh, and sort of also life skills really through learning about aerospace. Uh, there's 900 plus careers in aerospace, <laughs> believe it or not. And uh, this organization is dedicated to to bringing that information and bringing those opportunities to kids who don't normally get it because aviation and aerospace is a very, very expensive field uh, to get into, which we'll talk a little bit about, Mm -hmm. Uh, but, uh, and they do it all for free. And so I really wanted to spend some time here um, as a thank you to them, but also uh, to really see how they operate because that's what I meant at the the top when I said, this is more about people than it is about airplanes. Um, Because this is an organization that is about helping helping kids and helping their families and helping the community at large. Aerospace just happens to be the avenue through which 
they choose to capture the imaginations and help kids see their own potential. Don't you mean the vehicle? The vehicle. (laughs) Yes, very good. See, this is why you do what you do. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying. No, it's and it's and it's an amazing it's an amazing operation. And, um, you know, but and it also fits because I love airplanes. And that's how I got connected with with airway science in the first place is uh, I have a a deep love of aviation, even though I'm not a pilot or anything like that. So I really wanted to come down and and see what that was about. And then when I was down here, I said, you know, this is something that I think my listeners would like to hear about. Absolutely. That's why I'm here. Yeah. So based on the show title, uh, Greetings from the Flight Deck, um, (laughs) since you're not on an actual flight deck, I'm assuming that the Aerospace Training Center uh, is the nickname for it, the Flight Deck? Uh, yeah, yeah. The Aerospace Training Center is the name of the building. Um, but yeah, it is, it does serve as the flight deck for the organization. That is, that is a good way to to put it. So explain what a flight deck is for people that don't know what that means. The flight deck is, uh, is the cockpit of the plane. It's like the kitchen (laughs) in a home, right? It's It's the hub. Right, exactly. It's the hub. It's where everything else operates from. So, you know, when, um, if you've ever ridden on a plane before commercial airliner, um, without fail before the plane takes off and then during the flight and at the end uh the captain of the first officer will come on and say uh from the flight deck greetings from the flight deck this is your captain yep. uh, and that type of thing and so um the the way that the way that ask has kind of laid out their culture here is that uh the the aerospace training center or the atc is the flight deck and all the programs and all the relationships and uh, all those things that they do in the community are the flight itself, right? So that's the that's the passengers, that's the that's the wings. Mm-hmm. You know, their their fundraising is the fuel and all that kind of stuff. They kind of keep everything uh, couched in those terms. So hence why I'm sitting in at the flight deck doing this show. I so love that. You know, it's amazing to me having just flown down to California to drop our youngest off for school. Um, you know. There are a lot of people that have not had the experience of flying anywhere. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, they don't know what it's like to go on um, a commercial airplane, uh, Mm -hmm. let alone um, maybe a private flight or experience. And, you know, you mention all of the um, the opportunities that are in aviation and aerospace and it's true you know as you you put the window up and you watch all of the people that are on the ground and you know just all of the different aspects whether it's you know technical or whether it is um i I don't know i can't even list them all so i think it's such a powerful thing uh to introduce this to a group of um people that maybe wouldn't have those opportunities to know about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it, it's, it's worth keeping in mind. If we're going to stick with the plane analogy, a, um, you know, a standard size jetliner has over a million different parts in it, a million. Wow. And each, and each one of those has to be specifically designed by somebody. It then has to be tested by other people. It then has to be manufactured by people, installed by people then tested as an entity by people, then maintained by people, <laughs> and and then adapted and repaired, and you know it just goes on and on and on. And so and it and because the stakes are very high, right? Mistakes at altitude tend to be problems. You have to be really good at it. So you have to be really specialized. So 
people who specialize in engine repair don't specialize in wing repair, right? right? And flaps repair and vice versa, because that by itself is important enough. And so everything from the conceptual design to the actual flying of the plane, the maintenance of the plane, uh, the painting of the plane requires people to do it. And there's a reason why some of the biggest companies in the world are ones that make airplanes, Boeing and Airbus Mm -hmm. and airlines, because they require thousands upon thousands of people just to operate. And then thousands of even more thousands of people to fly on their flights, right, to keep the business going. And of course, as we all know, global commerce is so dependent in a lot of ways on air travel. And so all of that then requires things, you know, so that that helps feed tourist industries, you know, with right now, for example, in Hawaii, the tourist industry is taking a beating because, yes, of COVID, because they've asked people not to come. But that's really hitting the airline industry hard on one hand and then by, you know, then boomeranging around and hurting the tourist industry. Sure, of course. Right. So all of these things fit together. Now, what's what's amazing about that and and bringing it back around to to people who don't normally get access to this, that is part of um, airway science's mission. And it's really their passion, as I'm learning while I'm down here, because. Um, here's the thing. You remember, Stacey, did you ever take those, those tests when we were in middle school that to tell you, uh, you find out, they wanted to find out what you were most interested in to do as a career. And then they would tell you which ones. Okay. Well, everybody remembers what they were told to be right. Or what they could be. But what's interesting is those studies for years have shown that for kids in middle school, no matter their, no matter their age, their background, uh, whether that's ethnic or, um, or economic background, they all had the same level of interest across the board in aviation. Roughly one out of every three and a half, four kids expressed an interest in something having to do with aviation or aerospace, going to be an astronaut, being a pilot, maybe being an engineer. So that's equal across the board. And yet now, somewhere between that point and how the industry operates, it's over 90% still today, 90% white male across the, across the industry. Now, the industry has expanded a lot, right, over the last 30 years. And so there are more, like, for example, there are more female pilots today than there were in the 1970s when women were first started, uh, first allowed to fly commercial airliners. But the percentage is about the same, if not worse. So, like, for example, um, the U.S. airline with the highest percentage of of female slash women of color pilots is United Airlines at 7% of their fleet. Wow. That's yeah, crazy. 7%, 7%. Right. The highest in the world is Air India at 11.2%. Which is still abysmal. Still, yeah, still very, very low. And so, and and that's and that's representative not just and not just on air crews. Um, you know, the majority of women who are in aviation, commercial aviation at least, are where stereotypically people always envision them, flight attendants. Right. Right. And 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 so that's that's the interesting thing that that airway science is really focusing on is where how do we bridge that gap between that middle school equal enthusiasm Mm -hmm. and the reality of what the industry continues to look like. Right. And yeah, that's the big scheme. Well, I have, you know, two points to make. One, I think that um, flight attendants having flown recently, they remind me of um, the school secretary at any school it's like they're the keepers of the gate and they're a little cranky and they're sort of like don't you know the basics yet 
And then um, that's just an observation. And then mm-hmm. it's interesting, you know, it kind of reminds me of owning a horse, right? You know, it's a very, very small percentage of people that get into, you know, being an equestrian and the amount of money and the connections that you have to take in the exposure. Oh. And so, but, you know, who doesn't dream of, you know, having their own pony or their own horse? And so then making it possible, like who... Who thought of, you know, I know what we should do. We should expand this um, so that more people have exposure to this. Who, Who is the brainchild, if you will, behind Ask? Well, you know, it, it goes back. It's actually a very, it's a very interesting story because it's not a, it's not a pilot. It's not somebody who, um, who you would think would start an organization dedicated uh, to aviation. Is it somebody um, and, that dreamed of being a um, in aviation as a kid? Um, yeah, it's it's a it started with a man named Bob Strickland, and Bob Strickland was um, he was a black man born in 1935 in Jim Crow, Arkansas, and um, you know a very rural area, and um, you know the Jim Crow South was not a land of opportunity right. for people like Bob Strickland at all, and and in the 1930s, so he was born in the heart of the Depression. Right. In the Jim Crow South. Right. Really rough. And um, when he and he had he had a he had a very tough life, as you would expect. But when he graduated from high school, he um, went right into the military and um, it wasn't to be an aviator. He ended up being an accountant (laughs) um, in the Air Force for a number of years. Um, But he always had a love of aviation and always appreciated it. But it was never an opportunity he was able to take for a number of reasons. But um, he left the Air Force after a, a, a very long career, went into uh, worked for the state of Texas for a while in the same job and managed to do well enough at it that in his 50s, he was ready to retire and decided, though, on the basis of his own experience and the things he not just the things he was doing, but more importantly, the things he didn't get to do. Mm-hmm. Right. Go into this, decided he wanted to provide an opportunity um, in his retirement years to help underserved youth, uh, including, you know, kids of color, um, get access to not to, to aviation and aerospace, first and foremost, because he thought, as he called it, it was a way to trick them into, into learning math, science, <laughs> physics, you know, all these things in really fun ways. He was, he was um, flying remote control planes with his kid when he got the idea of, uh, to do this. And so he started the organization out here in 1992 uh, in Portland. And the idea was you would have kids make this a two-year commitment to learn about uh, these very all the basics of aerospace and uh, how planes operated, how they were constructed, that type of thing. You would con- you would build together as teams uh, remote control airplanes to learn all those basics, right? The basics of flight, but then everything that goes with it. And then he saw you put a bunch of these kids together. What do they learn? They learn communication. They learn teamwork. Uh, they learn how to support one another. They learn how to advocate for themselves. They they develop confidence. All these things together were all the things that he was looking to do for them. Aviation and aerospace just happened to be the avenue. The vehicle. The vehicle. Thank you. I should have adopted <laughs> that the second time. But nevertheless, that was that was the idea. And and the and the 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 program grew and grew to the point that um, a handful of years later. They teamed up with Vans Aircraft Corporation, which is the largest uh, kit aircraft manufacturing company in the world. And a kit aircraft, they're private planes 
that sound exactly like what that says. It's a kit you can buy and you can build the plane yourself. So instead of Cessna building it or Gulfstream building it or Boeing building it, you get a kit and that's a very elaborate kit. So this isn't like a like a remote control or a drone, no, like this is like no. a person can fly in this. A person can fly it. Wow. Yeah. Vance Aircraft Corporation, they make uh, two seater aircraft for the most part that are kit aircraft. It's the biggest in the world. It's based in Portland. And over time, um, Strickland's connections that he built in the community and with the aviation world led to Vance Aircraft, not only being a participant in this, but their founder, Dick Van Grunsman, um, becoming a co-founder of what they, of one of their programs that's called Team Flight. And Teen Flight is every year a group of teenagers um, works with ASK and uh, with Vans Aircraft Corporation. Every Saturday, Dick Van Grunsman and several people who work with him work with kids all day at a hangar out at the Aurora Airport uh, west of town. And they build over the course of a year this an RV-12, which is one of their one of their aircraft. Wow. They learn everything about it. They build it and then they graduate Uh uh, from that uh, program at the end of the year, they all get to fly in it, right? So they all get to have that experience. And then a new cohort picks up the next year and those kids can come back as mentors. Now, some of those graduates, uh, one has gone on to fly Black Hawk helicopters for the Army. Another is at Embry-Riddle, um, about to become an airline pilot. Another one uh, went to the U.S. Air Force Academy and became a fighter pilot uh, for the oh U.S. military. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, and it's and it's all for kids who are, who ask defines, as underserved, not just underserved in their communities and society at large, but also in aviation. So that includes that includes girls, that includes uh, rural youth, mm-hmm. that includes kids of color, um, L, um, LBGTQ, uh, any of those, and so it's dedicated for that, and for people who fit those uh, those uh, demographics. So that's what that just, but that's just one of the programs that they do, that's right? Um, amazing. Yeah, it's it's crazy, and and you know Bob Strickland's story is just one of those. What I love about it, it isn't something flashy. It isn't like some famous pilot decided to do this, right? It isn't isn't some famous figure that decided to do this. This was just somebody who decided this was something that he wanted to do that was important and found that it worked. And Bob Strickland had a dream to make this uh, to make this much bigger, and Airway Science is is hoping to do that in the next five years or so. Uh, he was recognized uh, by the Tiger Woods Foundation um, uh, several years before he died in 2008 uh, for his contributions to the Portland community, and and Bob became a very uh, prominent member um, of the Black community in Portland and an advocate uh, for underserved youth. And so and so in some ways he was just the guy, right? Right. But, but he recognized the importance of STEM before STEM became a thing. Before became and a thing. Right. It's, it's, it seems like what he did is he took, you know, the dreams because at one point, you know, the idea of flying, you know, you go back mm-hmm. to the history. It was a dream, right? To be able to mm-hmm. like leave this earth and not because you're dead <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and right. like, you know, and to fly and to like to go places and to travel and, you know, all of the aviators that you've talked about, um, you know, and the adventures that they take and it expands your literal horizons and as well as your metaphorical ones. And so to take the dream component and to mix it and to identify that STEM was going to be so important um, is brilliant. Oh my gosh. Well, And, and, and airway science now uh, calls it steam. They added in the arts, right? The creative Ah. element, right? So the creative element, because, you know, like I mentioned at the top of the show, aviation design is a creative enterprise. Oh yes. 
it, it's creative and involves math and science. We, we tend to divide those when we shouldn't. You know, I, um, it's funny you yeah. say that. I was um, I was at SeaTech yesterday, and while I was waiting for my um, bags to arrive um, off of baggage claim six, mm-hmm. uh, I looked up, and there was this really cool um, mobile mobile um, mm-hmm. that had gorgeously, you know, the wings made of paper and the wood mm-hmm. ribs, and you know, and just the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I noted the artistry. Um, that it it takes, and it's funny that you say that because I very well, much noticed that. You know, and today I was I was sitting in on one of their uh, kind of big um, big brainstorming sessions. Uh, the whole staff is here today, and and I learned something today that I didn't know that some of the greatest origami masters in the world were heavily involved in helping NASA design the fundamental and then final designs of some of the most important spacecraft ever developed. I didn't know that. That totally it totally tracks. tracks. Once like, you hear it, it tracks. Right, like kites, you know, <laughs> and like that whole like fascinating. Exactly. Um, yeah. And yeah. So it's there's there's a lot of that, you know. And, and one of the things that they're also doing, another one of their programs, I want to make sure I mention is is what they call their access program, and it's and it's uh, that stands for Aerospace College and Career Exploration and Selection System. And it's for youth 14 to 21, so all the way up into college years. And it, essentially, what it does is it not only brings in you know students that age to learn the basics of flight, but then also says, what career you want to shoot for out of these 900? Well, here's all the steps you need to take, and here's all the places you need to go. Some of it might involve four-year college education, but much of it does not. Much of it does not. Many of these careers do not require a four-year degree. And so how do you want to get there? What do you want to do? And here are the organizations that we know where we can get you internships. Right. Or we can get you connected with an expert, a pilot, um, somebody who's an engineer. Uh, They do all of this. And it's really from the moment they come in until they are into the career field is the whole point of access. And um, so far, uh, the students that have participated in it from what I've seen have found enthusiasm, excitement, focus um, and drive that they didn't really know they had because nobody had ever presented them an opportunity to really explore it. Sure. I mean, this is, this is old school, um, you know, apprenticeship with, you know, <laughs> newfangled like technology and accessibility and everything. I mean, yeah. And, and support for them and their families as well. You know, so like for, you know, um, airway science also is dedicated to the proposition that, you know, uh, basic needs have to be met before any, any kid is going to be able to learn. And, you know, so they, they do, they can provide things like pr- particularly through their partnerships, um, uh, rent support, for example, or pointing people in the direction of mental health, uh, you know, support if they need it. Uh, all these different community resources and uh, health resources, if necessary, financial uh, resources. So there, it's not just about getting kids excited about airplanes. It's also about recognizing the role that the organization can have in the larger community and what that that then can do to serve their kids better. You know, it really is, it really is pretty remarkable. And, um, and they've had a really successful couple of years despite COVID uh, from doing all of this because they've really dedicated themselves to anchoring in the community, helping kids and, um, and doing so in a way that isn't just about come in and learn about airplanes and just ignore all your other problems. Right. Right. (laughs) Well, that's just it. I mean, you know, kids can't, 
dream if they don't have the basics taken care of, right? They're too afraid to. Um, I would imagine that Ask uh, attracts a lot of people like between your board and your staff and... You know, it's it's got to be a very interesting, diverse group of people that choose to get involved in this. Yeah, very much so. Uh, the staff is the staff is reflective, and the board is reflective of the larger community. The the majority of the board is is made up of BIPOC individuals. Um, the the staff is uh, also diverse and growing uh, in, in that sense. So it it is reflective of its of its own values, which is really cool to see. Um, and uh, wow, we're, we're <laughs> Time runs fast on this show. I got to tell you, looking at the clock. Yeah, and and so yeah, there's a there's a lot of that, and uh, but it's also continually continuing to grow um, and expand as time goes by, and and the organization has has developed a really strong reputation in the area in the community to the point now that partnerships are really picking up, funding is really picking up, and it's a really exciting it's a really exciting time for the whole organization and for the community around here. And for the kids, and I, I've seen some of these kids who've who've come through this place, and they're just so positive and having such a great time, and so excited, and uh, not only getting to be a kid playing around with airplanes, but to see a place where it can go for them that maybe they never would have dreamed of before they came across airway science for kids. Dreams take flight with ask. Absolutely. Um, so, if people want to learn more about um, airway sciences for kids, because we're running mm-hmm. out of time here, yeah. Um, how can they learn more and support? The best way, and thank you for asking, because this is an ideal time to do both. Um, if you go check out airsci.org, a i r s c i dot org, that will take you to the Airway Science for Kids website. And right now, going on, is their annual uh, virtual fundraiser. And so that's going on right now. There are a number of, um, of items uh, up for auction uh, experiences here. Uh, there's actually an airplane up for auction. If somebody's <laughs> interested in buying one of the RV-12s that I mentioned earlier. Um, and, uh, but also a chance to con- contribute um, in as small or as big, uh, big numbers as you'd like to all the various programs uh, that the organization does. And so that's going on right now. There's several videos online that you can watch, um, including a couple from some graduates of the program uh, telling you why it's so important and that type of thing. So that's going on right now. And you can see all of that on the main page. You can also see all the programs that they do. Uh, You can see their role in the community. You can find out more about them. uh, And that is the best thing you can do. And then turn around uh, and tell somebody else about it. That's the best thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. So um, because we have to shut down here, in the meantime, you can mm-hmm. check out JD's website at wordsbyjdk.com. You can hit him up on social media. Um, and what is your advice that you always close with? Chins up, everyone. All the planes are up in the air. Love that. <laughs> Thanks, Stacey. Of course. All right. Take care, everyone. 